spoken maybe. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy Ann's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you though. It's not their fault. They don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steele. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Amazon. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, Spoken Label dot bandcamp.com. On Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled, if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running plots for the podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy Ed, Spoken Label, back in the house and on Zoom again today. We're across the seas today because we're interacting, interviewing in a country that's not England and not Ireland, which I've been chatting to a lot recently. But I've got a young lady who's in Paris at the moment, was Richard from Ireland. And she's just trying to teach me how to pronounce her names. So I'm going to attempt to say this now. So, Anne-Marie, tell me off if I get this wrong, okay? <laughs> it's Anne-Marie Nickrum. Is that right? Or is it not bad for me, that? That's a great effort, and it's very <laughs> close. It's, um... <laughs> I really appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> right. pronunciation. Amory, seriously, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are, where, which part of Ireland you Richard come from, and what started off your, your creativity, and what's taking you there? Well, uh, my name is Anne-Marie Nicharan, and I'm a poet, writer, and collaborator working with artists in a variety of disciplines. And I'm originally from Donegal, Northwest Ireland, the Gaeltacht region, which is where the Irish language is still spoken. But I now live in Dublin and I'm currently on residency at the Centre Culturel Orlande in Paris for a month, where I'm working on my third poetry book. So... 
yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's good to me. Now, I know you said before, obviously, I know you were educated originally, weren't you, at the Oscar Wilde Centre at Trinity College in Dublin. So tell us about that. So was that where your love of poetry really came from then originally, or was it for mm. that? Well, I did the Master's in Philosophy in Creative Writing at the Oscar Wilde Centre in Trinity, but I did that after I'd been writing for quite a long while. So the writing really kind of began with my childhood in Donegal. Um, the Gaeltacht region is really quite rich in mythology and folklore and traditional Irish music. So for any listeners who know Clonid or Altan uh, or Enya. Love, I love Altan. Love yeah, Altan. They're, they're all from uh, the same area of Donegal that I'm from. Um, so that landscape was really rich in, you know, storytelling, poetry, live music. Um, and I think that that was maybe not the reason that I started writing poetry, but it was, it definitely gave me the confidence to, to write and to begin experimenting and doodling. So I think 2010 then skip forward many years. Uh, I, I, I was in a job where, where the funding was kind of winding up. I used to live in, I used to work in uh, the community sector and I just had the opportunity then to really go for it with the writing and to say, okay, I'm going to give myself a year. I'm going to do this master's and knuckle down and, uh, you know, see if I can really get serious about a poetry collection. And that was really the beginning then of a journey that has been just taking me into all sorts of corners since and on all paths and, so I write poetry, but it's, you know, it's kind of one of the things that I do. I also do workshops. I do reading tours. I do collaborations. I've written an opera libretto. So oh, wow. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And wow. I kind of, you know, I do, I do many, th many different things other than just writing at the desk uh, alone. Yeah. Same for me as well, because like it's, um, I started up myself about 30 odd years ago as a writer. And I'd never dreamed when I got to the age I'm at now, I'd be hosting podcasts all the time, doing ambient music and ladies are running workshops. I love, love doing workshops with people. Like it. Have you found them since we got into lockdown then? Has your approach to being creative changed in much as it? Yeah. I mean, I suppose I'm, I'm imp impacted in the way that, that everyone is really. I mean, my, like my day to day has been very curtailed. Um, I mean, I'm used to I'm used to working with other people quite a lot in my practice. Uh, you know, I've worked in prisons or I've worked in schools, been writer in residence in various places. So I'm used to kind of being on the road as a writer, and also that's very much part of my process. You know, going to different sites and monuments and buildings. Like the poems come out of landscape for me. So. I've, and, I, and I love being busy as well. Um, so March 11th, like everything just changed when, uh, you know, word broke in Ireland that we're, we were going to have to stay indoors and cancel everything for the foreseeable future or postpone it. Um, so, yeah, absolutely have been impacted. Uh, but that said, as a writer, you're kind of naturally inventive and 
you find ways of adapting your practice and I've been doing quite a bit of that and thinking to myself, okay, well, I can't be traveling and I can't be working alongside people face to face, but I can use this time to write and to immerse myself in bits of research and to kind of dream up new ideas. And, uh, you know, there's other ways that I can use my time as well. I mean, that, that's how I cope with lockdown anyway. Um, I know everyone's situation is wildly different. Yeah, completely. In my case was, and I'll see about you, but to understand what I'm like is I was, I worked around the day and I got sent home on, just after 11th of March and told people that I'd be a diabetic to keep in touch with them every week. And mm-hmm. so there was a don't try and go mad in the process. But the, mm-hmm. like you are, because I'm creative, I just thought what would be great again was kept really busy doing mm-hmm. new projects and just finding things to do all the time that I couldn't do previously. Like a lot of gardening got done, a lot of housework. <laughs> housework for me as well. A lot so of reading. On reading as well, definitely with that one. So you do, it's, it's different. Life's been very different in the past six months and we hopefully we, we all can come out of it soon. So well, mm. I want to ask you, learn about your two books then, obviously, because first of all, your first collection, Bloodroot, came out in October 2017. Mm. Tell people about the process of that book then, where... What led you to write that book? Mm. Well, I guess writing is, it's so often a process of revelation, isn't it? I mean, I thought that I was going to write this book after my master's, which was about the physical landscape and about the folklore attached to plants and trees and sites. And I had this idea of what I was going to write And then I started writing and I realized that the poems were taking me off in a completely different direction and that I felt compelled to kind of dig into uh, the Irish history associated with um, the lives of women and children in Ireland over the past hundred years. And that was not something that I knew consciously that I wanted to write about, but it's just something that unfolded as I got into the poems. So, so bloodroot, uh, bloodroot is actually a wild plant. Um, it's a wild plant that's used for uh, healing uh, wounds, but it also, if used incorrectly, can be quite dangerous. And that's the title of the book. And I think that title speaks to this idea of woundedness and healing, but it also speaks to the idea of wildness. And so the physical landscape and how information is embedded in the physical landscape about the lives of women and children and their stories, uh, like those are, all, those are all themes of that first book, Bloodroot. And then let me see, the second book, Town, is a letterpress book published by the Salvage Press. And that's a series of poems about the Dublin landscape. Um, so there's poems in there about, let me see, there's, there's one that references Mountjoy Prison. Uh, there's another long poem in there that uh, is a, like a reimagining of histories associated with the, the Liffey River. Um, yeah, so they're, you know, they're, in a way, they're very different books. And each book is very, is, you know, each book is just a whole journey. And you never, tr- you never truly know when you begin that first 
poem that's going into a new book, like where it's going to take you or what you're going to be, you know, thinking about in a year's time. Yeah, no, completely. So um, I, I must have, as a writer, I always tend to have several projects in the go at once. Are you that sort of writer on the books or do you have, did you get one book done and start on the next book, did you? Mm. I would say because I have a full-time practice as a writer and, you know, I'm a self-employed person, uh, that I have to juggle lots of different uh, projects at once. Um, and there are times where I would just love to concentrate on the next collection of poetry, yeah, but so. I you know, regularly have to keep kind of four or five things going at once. Um, let me see, like some of the other projects that I'm working on at the moment, I'm in a poetry uh, collective or collaboration is a better word to describe it, um, called Sworn States. And it's three poets uh, who are, were working together on a, on a book and also on a performance. And it's funded by a, uh, an award called the Markovich Award, which is given out by the Irish Arts Council and the government. So that's really nice, you know, to work with two other pro poets and to sit around a table and to think collaboratively and to, you know, make work in, in response to our conversations with each other. That's been really fun. And that's been almost a new way of working for me so I'm working on my own collection I'm working with sworn states on a poetry book uh what else have I done yeah this this libretto that I've co-written um with an Irish composer Michael Gallen and another writer called Dylan Coburn Gray uh wow. we that'll that'll hopefully be performed next next year i mean everything now is kind of you know the timeline is, yeah. is uncertain with everything um so there's that as well so yeah i mean that's the exciting part about being a writer is that you you, you just get asked you know to write a poem or like i've written a i've written lyrics to a song and uh it was set to music by a four-part harmony group called Landless. And wow. uh, that was kind of a, that was a, a reimagining of the life of Bridget, uh, the, the pagan goddess uh, wow. before she became. Is that, is, that song, is that song been released, has it? Or yeah, I think that song, it's called Lura Rija. Uh, it's by a group called Landless. That's available online. It's on YouTube. Um, it might be on different, a few different platforms. But that was so much fun to create yeah. a text and to hand it over to performers and to just see what, how they brought it to life. Like I absolutely, that's like, like a new passion of mine is, is writing texts that I give to performers because yeah, it was, brilliant. I've yeah. done it myself and it's bits and pieces and you always, you always get something out of it when you hear them do it for the first time. You're sitting there thinking, wow. I can never envision it been done like that. So you always get caught out in a nice way, I think. So yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. So tell us, obviously, I know you're in Paris at the moment, aren't you, on a project for a month? So is there anything you can tell us about that project in Paris at the moment? Yeah. So I'm here for a month, and I'm here with 
uh, a collaborator of mine, Kimberly Campanello, who's also part of the Sworn States group. And like we each have rooms here and access to a library and we have time and space to work on our Sworn States poems, but also to work on our own collections as well. And I guess the idea is that you have time out of your own busy schedule to like really concentrate on writing and editing and immersing yourself in bits of reading and and also meeting other artists here as well, which uh, like, gosh, I'll never take that for granted. I mean, having done like intense lockdown in Dublin, <laughs> it's really lovely to be here in Paris and have some interaction with other artists working in other disciplines. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, have you found it quite a different experience than working Sorry? In the, have you found it quite a different experience working in Paris where you're writing and then we normally do in Dublin? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm very influenced by environment and landscape. A lot of my poems come out of come out of the environment and come out of the histories attached to buildings or sites or monuments or, you know, visiting graves or you know, having a look at having a look at my surroundings and what evidence of the past remains in the environment if that if that makes sense so like it's not unusual for me to be out kind of climbing climbing fences and trying to find ruins and trying to find wells and you know looking for these traces of history in the landscape so being here in Paris is just you know it's it's pure pleasure because everywhere everywhere you go it seems like there's a poem (laughs) you know wake up in the morning and you know, I'm right in the middle of the Latin Quarter and the, the bells are ringing and I've got these tall windows and the light is coming in. And it's a poem. You know? And then I step outside and I hear another language and, you know, hear people talking in a language that I, you know, and that seems like a poem. And it's just, you know, it's kind of very, it's just so stimulating. I, I, really, I really love being out of my ordinary environment. I'm not super attached to my desk for writing uh now sometimes you know I, I i am attached to my desk for editing but if you want new poems like you just i just can't be you know i just love love being out and about and yeah same for me same for me because when we were in lockdown we were in the back of like a very non non-league cricket ground at the back of where we live and and we weren't allowed to obviously see people i, I wasn't meant to really leave the platform doing it but being careful I wasn't even seeing anybody disappeared to back his cricket ground and just listen to animals chirping and that used to inspire me massively. Oh, lovely. As I know what you mean completely mean with that. So when you get back to Ireland or Dublin in say when a few weeks' time, is there any projects coming up there that you can talk about? Yeah, so a lot of my uh, projects and work have moved online for, for the for the rest of the year. And um, one of the things that I'll be doing is a series of creative writing workshops for a place called The Songhouse. And The Songhouse is based in Donegal and they're doing these online workshops. And I think they're taking bookings now at the moment. You can easily find them online if you're looking for a creative writing workshop. And let me see, for the end of the year, I'll be doing a reading for Aisha Michael Hartnett. 
and that will be happening in October. And then also, if your listeners are looking for some online poetry readings by other people, I'd really recommend the Kildare Readers Festival. And I'm curating uh, a few um, podcasts actually for, for them. So yeah, things are, things are, are ticking over. You know, I'm still busy with online activities. And then I'll also just be trying to bring this new collection of poetry to fruition as well. Um, cool. Is there anything you can reveal about this third collection? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, I'm always worried about talking too much about a project before it's finished, but there's definitely a focus on the incarcerated voice. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed for this next collection is uh, looking to Bre the old Brehan laws in Ireland um, and looking at kind of pre-Christian landscapes and laws and practices and what that was like in Ireland. Uh, so, yeah, there are going to be poems that look at the incarcerated voice and that they are also going to interrogate cultures of violence in Ireland. You know, what, how does violence manifest through, you know, through the patriarchy and, and how do we, how does violence kind of find its way into our interactions with each other on a day to day? Like it's, I'm often writing about, um, I'm often writing about sensitive histories and also about trauma. And so, so those themes come up again in this third, in this third book. Um, but beyond that, I, you know, l listen, it'll, it'll go its own way as well as poems do. <laughs> so uh, I'll just have to let it breathe and evolve as well over the next couple of months. Yeah, of course. I know I said before, like, print, you don't know a project sometimes what way you're going to end up with and can definitely be into end of it. So good luck with death of the cell. Yeah. Well, that's all my questions today. So if people want to find out more about you, where would it best go? So if people want to, well, if people want to order Bloodroot, um, that's available on durapress.com. And Dura is spelled D-O-I-R-E press.com. And if they want to find out more about uh, like my practice and all the other things I do, they can find me on studio25.com um, and that's spelled out studio25.com. Perfect. I've got um, that here, so I'll get that straight down for you. I found that one. <laughs> yeah, so... Should we? Do you want me to end with a with a poem? Would that be? What, why do we take a quick break? Oh I'm yeah. Not ready. You can get yourself composed. Okay. I always like to take a quick break and then you can pause it, can't you? Okay. Then we'll come great. back and we do. You're ready. We'll do a bit of reading then for you. So. Okay. That's okay perfect. Yeah, okay. that sounds good. Hang around, everybody. We're back in a minute. Hi guys. Okay, straight over to Amory. She's got a poem for us today. Over to you, my friend. I'm going to read a poem from Bloodroot, which is titled Family Law, and it references the old Om alphabet in Ireland, which is also known as the Tree Alphabet. Um, and this poem really came about when my goddaughter, Ruby, she was, she was around 
six or seven when she was doing her first Holy Communion. And she became really kind of militant about uh, how people would practice their spirituality. Like she was really kind of um, not impressed that I wasn't going to mass. And uh, I was tucking her into bed one night and she said to me, like really worried, she said, well, what do you believe in and what's going to keep you safe? And I just thought, oh my gosh, these are such big questions for a, for a small child. So I wrote this poem in response to those questions. And in our sixth summer, you bring me the news that we come from a broken rib. Now you believe we are in danger. Now you believe we must atone for the sins of our fathers. But daughter, we come from the spryest woods. You and I are of the roots that uphold an alphabet to the sun. Your name begins in Rouge, mine in Alm. When we speak, leaves fall from our tongues. Birds nest in the smallest of our words. For this wildness, we need not apologize. What grows underfoot is not a worry, it is a right. By chieftain law, no harm can be done to us. This law our elders knew by heart, for even the milk in a cup was owed to it. Long before the houses of worship were raised, by men our trees stood tall. Brilliant. Great stuff, Amory. Absolutely, really evocative. Thank you for that. That was brilliant. So, like I said, guys and girls, it's been a pleasure today. So, Amory, hang around. I need a quick word you off mic. Okay. But otherwise, we're all done today. So, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of the podcast. It's been really fascinating today. It's great stuff. Thank you. Take care, guys and girls. See you soon. Spoken, mate. Spoken, mate.